Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you you are on Cincy Brew. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. We were talking about the difference between stereo sound and mono sound, and um, we've already gone off the rails before the show even started. Um, this is this is actually going to be confusing to explain because the show we're recording now happens in a week, and the show we're going to be recording in a minute happens tomorrow. So we can reference things in the past that never happened, but. Um, you listened to last week's show, hopefully, and we're still here at Urban Artifact um, with Betty Bolas, who is not from Urban Artifact, <laughs> from Fibonacci up the road. Um, welcome back on the show. It's been a little while. Thanks. Um, Josh Elliott from uh, Urban Artifact. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. We've It's probably been a while since you've been on the show, right? Uh, years. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> and of course, Brett Golan Baker. Um, I don't think that I can possibly do an Urban Artifact show without having you on it because you're one of my favorite guests. You have some of the greatest sound bites that we've pulled besides Dan Listerman from the show. Oh, God. (laughs) You've inspired me to uh, start my own show on Radio Artifact. What is the name of the show? The Wild Pitch on 91.7 FM HD to WVXU Cincinnati. (laughs) Every Sunday at 3. Do, do you have that written down, or is that in your memory banks? All oh, I say that three times a show every single week. I'm your host, KB, coming at you live with co-host Scotty. I've never listened to it. Is that really no, what it sounds I'm, like? I don't actually say it like that much, Gusto. Why it's, don't? Why not? I don't know. I'm sorry, I guess I will now. Um, the only time I can have that much Gusto is when the the the, the, the game show music comes on. For some reason, it kicks me into some other gear, and I get to this weird kind of... Um, game show host thing, but no, I, I'm starting to feel a little inferior now. I don't have a, a, a radio announcer voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this show is, um, it's a fun show. You guys have some really cool stuff that's coming out this week when people are listening to this, I believe. Um, does that sound right? The, what's today's date? The 13th. It's the 13th when we're recording this, so it posts on the 9th. 23rd is the release, is that right? Oh, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. 21st. The 21st. So yes, this week. Of in, November. In Future mm-hmm. Talk. Um, 2018. The, thank you. Which, that's, no, that's actually valid because people could be listening to this like 100 years from now and it could still be living <laughs> on the internet and they're like, oh, I'm so excited for this release on Thursday and they'll show up here and you guys will be completely a lager brewery at that point because that's the, the new cool thing. Oh, and uh, it'll, it'll be ruined. <laughs> There's one thing we aren't. It's cool, so I don't. I don't. We'll, we won't chase trends. <laughs> well, does that mean you chase like the anti-trend though? Because I mean, we don't chase. You don't chase anything. We're not, not even, aerobically inclined. Not even. <laughs> you don't even chase wild yeast around the city because we need to talk about some of that stuff too. No, we set traps and let them come to us. Touche. I think the uh, the quote from probably the first Urban Artifact show we did was they're like little Pokemon that you run around and capture. <laughs> and I believe there was a whole discussion around how it's exactly like that. I mean, Pokemon we, Go would just come out. And, and the new Pokemon real action movie trailer just came out. What? Did you see that? Mm, it looks really it's, bad. It It's creepy looking. Have you seen that, no. Betty? I have no it's idea like what a you're re- about. there's a there's a Pokemon live action movie coming out and they're all like just living in the world and Ryan Reynolds is Pikachu and it's super <laughs> creepy 
And if you thought Mr. Mime was a weird, creepy creature that brought into a lot of ethical discussions, uh, just wait until you see him in real action or live action or whatever, because it's weird. I'm, I'm completely lost. Okay. Not, not only do I not have any idea about modern movies, I'm like, I'm like two years behind because I have a two-year-old at home. Um, you know, we're still watching like I don't know, Jurassic Park and trying to get caught up there. That kind of stuff. So the original I, one was really great. It was. Uh, yeah, I, it was. It's pretty cool. I'm excited to see what happens in the sequel. <laughs> Where are we at here? Let's um, let's talk about some beer. We should probably talk about what everybody's drinking too, because that's um, from the beer fridge. And you know that uh, <laughs> you guys don't appreciate how long I spent making that sound bite. I will always use it. <laughs> I like it. Um, thank you. Betty. I'm just like, don't ever ask me though. What's in mine? What's in yours right now? Like what? at my house? Oh, no. I this is. No it, right. it used to be from the beer fridge because we were in our studio and we were literally pulling things out of the beer fridge to drink on the show. It's what's in your glass right now. Do you have so, like a human head in your refrigerator? Like, why can't I ask you what's in your fridge? I think it's just usually disappointing from a <laughs> beer standpoint because <laughs> we drink it. I mean, so it's not like it sticks around long. I have like a backlog of beer that I'm supposed to drink that I haven't drank. It's it gets I have the opposite problem. Things that I need to take pictures of and put on websites and things. It's it's a rough life. <laughs> <laughs> so not what's in your beer fridge, Betty, but what's in your beer glass right now? What are you drinking? Obelis. Um that's the same thing that I'm drinking. So this is a single barrel um sour beer, wild, spontaneously fermented. Uh yeah. Um so I'm guessing wine barrels, judging by the nice uh, kind of tannic dryness to it. Uh, brandy barrel, actually. A brandy barrel. That's yeah. kind of like a wine barrel. Uh, kind of. Yeah. It's Stilled like a, wine. It's like a boozy wine. I, I guess the same <laughs> way that bourbon barrel is like a wine barrel. But no. <laughs> brandy comes from fruit at some point. Uh, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> tell me about the beer. Tell me. Tell me about. Um, um, so it is our uh, like amber, kind of our middle of the road sour that or sour base that we brew. Um, but the barrel started to fail. Uh, but the beer tasted really good. So when started it started to fail, and literally like le- falling, yeah, apart. started leaking and and to and I could not get it to stop. So um, pulled all the beer out, and it tasted really good as it, as just as it was. So uh, didn't need any blending and. Um, crashed it, carbonated it, and threw it in kegs. This is one of those beers, I was talking to, to Brad earlier about it, that I feel like is, is perfect for food. I feel like it would go really good with, with dinner. Oh yeah, probably. It's, you know, it's got that, there's nothing that's that's too big and bold that you have to, you, you don't necessarily have to think too hard about what to pair this with. It seems like it would go really good with just about everything. It's I like it, and I can assume Betty likes it because it's very wine-like, even though it's not a <laughs> wine barrel. <laughs> I love it. When I saw it up there, I knew that's what I was going to get. Um, is it, have you tried it before? Or, no. Um, yeah, this is my first time. And Just I'm, I'm digging it. <laughs> Betty and has drank more Calliope at this brewery than any person has at this brewery. Easily. I hope. <laughs> she has her own tap that is just dedicated for her. Yes. <laughs> Um, you guys are both drinking the Toomey, is that right? Judging by what it looks like. Yes. It looks like you have you do that or orange juice in your glass, and I assume it's not orange juice or else you get kicked off the show, I think. Screwdriver. That's, that's a rule. 
um, I do. I would love to spend some time talking about the, the 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 liquor program that you guys have here. I feel like it's it's completely shifting for me now that some of the beers are kind of. Um, in my opinion, settling into this other thing, I feel like they go really good with booze. I feel like somebody's going to come through the ceiling. I hope that that uh, nobody else can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just classic disc golf at the brewery on Tuesdays. You know? <laughs> <laughs> disc golf inside the brewery, which is also a, was used to be a church and has a full music venue in the basement. You know, just the complete normal thing. The church of disc. <laughs> um. Yeah, so a lot of these Midwest fruit tarts and other heavily fruited beers just lend themselves so naturally to spirits. It's really fantastic because uh, you have it's basically a cocktail built into a glass. Heavily fruited, there's your sweet. Sour, there's a sour from the lactic acid. I mean, it's it's simple. What do you need to complete a cocktail besides right. those two things? You need booze. So you throw a little bit of rum and the Tumi, for instance. Honest to God, it tastes like. A banana daiquiri. It's phenomenal. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said that I thought that Urban Artifact existing as a second location that was just like some little bar somewhere in, you know, some other, you know, quote-unquote hip part of town. You slap another name on it, and you just serve your beer with cocktails made out of it would do incredible just because I feel like it doesn't get the um, the spotlight on it here that it probably deserves. Interesting. You don't think it gets the spotlight it deserves <laughs> at the tap room. <laughs> if only we had a brewer on staff pushing for that constantly. But I, I don't know that it. I, 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 and and maybe this is this is me that you know doesn't really understand. But I don't know how many different things you can showcase in one spot without it kind of outweighing something else if you you know start to focus too much on showcasing cocktails does the does the the beer side of the experience suffer when you come and sit down at the bar or vice versa and i don't i don't know i don't know we i don't think we have seen a negative impact by that i don't betty have you guys seen anything by having wine available negative impact on beer and we've done some specialty wines which we'll do again mount healthy does like a christmas in mount healthy so we did a holiday sangria and a mulled wine with our wine. So since we don't have liquor, how can we like spruce that up for the holidays? And they were fantastic. Now, my experience bartending was like a lot of labor intensive cocktails. So t- these to me were nothing. But I did have someone behind the bar saying, you know, because I'm having them rim a glass with sugar and some of that stuff. So but I wouldn't. You know, maybe I would do like a monthly wine specialty or something, but I don't know for me that I would push that more than our beer. Well, I, I feel like it would always be kind of a weird balancing act between the two, which I guess in my mind, the simplicity of just, all right, it's two separate places, different ideas, and you just keep them away from each other kind of thing. That's the eternal give and take. And like, that's something we've been looking at more lately is, okay, during beer focused events, what is our sell-through rate on certain products? And then how does that switch over at 8 o'clock when music comes on? And it's pretty drastic. Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy how the numbers change. Like yeah. anything new for a beer-related event, those beers or variants or whatever are going to be at the top by a long shot. As soon as music crowd comes in and it flips over, it's the stalwarts are what it's at the top. Finn all of a sudden shoots way up. You know, the things that we've have around a lot, gadget, uh, 
even PBR makes it makes a resurgence in liquor in general. Yeah. The guest taps. I I was in here a couple weeks ago, and the shorts locals light lager was on, and I heard two different people talking about how great this new beer that Urban Artifact was making was this locals light. <laughs> the people. shorts, the shorts local light. And I said, no, that, that that shorts shorts. It says shorts. Yeah, shorts local. You know, Someone right. on it's the great. Cincinnati <laughs> Facebook group said how much they love Urban Artifact's new shorts local light. <laughs> ah, yes. Classic Urban Artifact. <laughs> Tasteless lagers that aren't sour. It's it's always been interesting to me to see those different sides of this personality of what Urban Artifact is, though, too. And that's We have people know. come in and say, but Waterfest is the best beer in the city, and that if we ever stop brewing it, they'll stop coming in. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Well, that's just crazy. We know it's key punch. I like that. I like that grimace. I just did that, right? Like, there truly is no beer name that. It's the event. Oh, no, we have a beer name that. Oh. Name that. <laughs> does it taste like shit? <laughs> I don't know. Well, because the event yeah. is shit, it does. Oh, I love that event. It tastes like cheese and smoked garlic. Well, you seem shocked. It's just a it's just a golden cream ale. Like it's okay. not, that's not sour or anything. It's just meh. It's like the one I wouldn't it's drink like the it. one normal beer that you guys do make, right? Yes. Normal in the best uh, way you can put it. Um going back to, you know, again, we got off the rails a little bit going back to the Tumi. Um what what fruit is that? Yellow mambian, is that right? Yellow mambian. Mambian, of course, yeah. Yeah, the, um, what, the yellow what is that number 1. And number two, why and how does that come about? I guess first answering what is that is like answering what is a raspberry? What is a blueberry? I don't know. It's quite esoteric. Well, it's a fruit. It's it's something that's not from around here, though. No, it's you're from, right. Like, it's the, from Brazil. It's okay. from the northwestern region of the rainforest. It grows on 100-foot tall trees, and it tastes like a mixture of banana and mango and underripe strawberry. Mm. Is it like a, does it look like a mango? It looks like a plum. It looks like a yellow plum. All right. Uh, And it's crazy that we got it for 89 cents a pound. That comes from the rainforest on 100 foot tall trees. (laughs) And it was shipped here in containers that were frozen, pureed, whole fruit puree, mind you, but pureed. All of that work to get it to us. Was eighty nine cents a pound? If that wasn't built on the backs of people who are taking advantage of, I don't know what is. And it to me, just I'm not I'm not saying this because I'm proud of that. I'm actually disgusted by it. But to me, I think it's important to highlight the fact that we're getting raspberries for a dollar a pound that were grown in Oregon. We're getting black cherries for forty nine cents a pound. Like. This is insanely priced stuff. Like the the that we're able to get this stuff. It, it's crazy to me that the basically fair trade is a thing in coffee. But that's it. Right. Fruit doesn't get that. Like eighty nine cents a pound for a fruit that grows on hundred foot tall trees in the Amazon. In the Amazon is insane to me. It's just it says a lot. I think about the current state of the world economy. Uh, but the beer is delicious. But but is is really just a shame and I, like I don't what I mean what do we do, what can we do? Not buy it? Yeah, that's about the only option I I, I can think of. But I mean, because if, if somebody doesn't buy it, what happens to it? Does it go to waste? And then it that's even right. worse. That was yeah, and then do the, the the people who work for it not even get any money then? Or or, or at the very least, going to waste, like you said, is a terrible thing. Oh, it's tough. 
how does how does something like that change though? Like where does that change come from? It's it's not from the the little brewery in Northside that's making Midwest fruit tarts. It's it's got to be from somewhere else. Like some kind of massive conglomerate grocery store that you know is is dominating the the fruit market or something. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's all kind of interrelated and it's it like okay so we had the opportunity to buy mangosteens recently and they were seven dollars a pound that's too much for us we can't afford it because we can't afford to buy it we can't afford to buy it but we can't afford to buy it because we can't afford to sell it at the price it needs to be sold at because the majority of people can't afford to pay the price of the beer it will require to buy that which means okay let's pay people more well we're not paying people more we're paying people eight dollars an hour in the state of ohio and other countries or other states aren't making nearly that much, and some are making more. But the cost of living isn't keeping up with the cost of inflation, so you're having issues there. And the top is getting more top heavy, and the bottom's getting lighter. So, like, where's the incentive? Where's this incentive for us to pay more? Like, when we don't have anyone who buys it, the one percent right. doesn't come to Urban Artifact, right? So, like, well, uh, George Clooney was here. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but he's about as giving as anybody. So. I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. Where does it start? Where does it end? I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. I like what Betty's doing. They're opening up a and b on their property. She's growing stuff for the beers on her property. I think that stuff's awesome. But like, uh, I don't know. Can you grow 3,000 pounds of mushrooms for us? <laughs> Do you have any yellow mambian? <laughs> well, and... You know, we talk about this, like the difference between the two of us, and a lot of that is size. You guys would do the same thing if you had the space to do it or if you could get how many pounds of mushrooms? (laughs) So Um, many. (laughs) And you're still getting them. Like, you're still getting real ingredients. So, I mean, I think that's what's important. But, yeah, it is kind of like how do people get paid? Um, You know, Ohio does increase the minimum wage every year based on inflation but they started with the federal wage when they started doing that so nothing's to say that that was that still, appropriately still in the not first place. what is yeah. considered a living wage in ohio right. though and a living wage which we'll probably get into this but like for a single woman with a toddler and a baby in hamilton county not to be on assistance is fifty-five thousand a year holy crap yeah who pays that like what jobs? It's it's insane. Right. You can't find you can't find that work. Plus, you need the added flexibility if you have a yeah, child. If you're if you're a single mom with a with a with a baby and and a kid at home, you know, you have to have that flexibility to be able to leave at the drop of a hat if something is going on at home. Which there's probably something always going on at home. That's something we talk about with our employees. Is like we're still a young small company, but my 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 dream is. To give every person who works here the American dream, as in you have a wage where you can buy a house, you have a wage where you can have a family and not feel threatened monthly and not feel threatened if I retire at 65 like I'm supposed to, that I'm not going to be able to pay for the the rest of my life. It's crazy. That's my dream. I want that. I want that for all my employees. I want that for myself. And to not be able to, to think that that's achievable in in within five years of being open is is really disheartening at times but that's what we're striving for is the next year of a half getting there but like are we going to get there well we are if we grow again 
but we're definitely not at our current volume. Right. And, I, and and like I, you know, how and do you how do you guys do it? Own risks, right? Exactly. We're good right now. We're selling all the beer we can make it, and then some. We're supporting ten people full time and another ten or twelve part time. Well, like, but like we're supporting them, but like I, you know, I don't know. Are you ready to buy a house yet, Josh? Uh, no, absolutely not. And that 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 hurts me on a personal level. Because not that like Josh doesn't want to buy a house, but because I'm not able to provide as an employer him the ability to yet. And that that really just it hurts me. It hurts me deeply. And even with us, we have 10 part time. And I say you can probably make a car payment. You know, like I always say, which I just want to be up front when we're hiring people. You're not going to pay your mortgage by working here. So... In turn, we have people who work for us just because they want to work for right. us or just because they want to work in the craft beer industry. Many who have full-time day jobs, some who have three brewery jobs, um, just a variety of different situations. I feel like we've jumped topics again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like we are getting into our other show. <laughs> Let's let's get back to the this big Epicurean release, and we will um, get back into the heavier stuff. <laughs> or in the past, if you want to hear more about this, tune in to last week. <laughs> um, talk about this release a little bit. All spontaneous fermented beers, although um, people who I, Brad Clark would tell you, no, they're not spontaneously fermented. He's one of those people that uh well he's has, wrong if he says that <laughs> i used to so i used to really like i used to really admire him me too but he can shove it yeah i agree with that i'm probably gonna bleep out it no i probably won't bleep i don't know he said shit I earlier i said shove it no i was gonna bleep out his name because i, feel I don't like, care <laughs> yeah um tell him to his face oh uh, i was like i thought we were allowed to cuss on this no podcast. no yeah, you're fine i'm trying to <laughs> you know, this is this is for self-preservation <laughs> um all spontaneously fermented yes um although you guys don't have a cool ship in which you do it on your roof or something, which I think was his argument. That should that's we, the only should we bring it. out scientific studies that prove <laughs> that cool ships are worthless because one just came out? There was just one the other day that it's it's the barrel. And it's of course the it is. Which is what we've been saying for so long. <laughs> I mean, if, if, you, if you have any kind of background in microbiology, of course it's the barrel. Like well, what, what, the, what the hell is that metal... So, tub do yeah so, so not not necessarily the barrel it's it's the it's the organisms that are going in there to to create the beer whether that's coming from a barrel or coming from a vial that you dump into a beer whatever that is it's it's the organisms and that's why i still maintain that you can make any beer anywhere if you have the resources to do it but um whatever whatever that's a whole different topic again i mean so i mean those barrels are teeming with microbes. If you if you put if you put unfermented wort like un, like pre beer into a barrel, it will ferment without going into a cool ship. Yeah. So, do you think? And this is again this literally is way, seen it happen. Way, way off topic. Do you think you could walk into one of these uh, super traditional, super geeky Belgian lambic breweries, take a barrel, wrap it in plastic? bring it here, make a beer, put it in there and have something that tastes very close to what they're doing enough that it would not If you went to Cantillon, took one of their barrels when they just freshly emptied it, somehow were able to transport it back hermetically to the United States, fill it with your wort as quickly as possible, it would taste 
almost the exact same. It would be so close. If you went to Cantillon and took hot wort and put it into their cool ship and then just put it into your fresh new barrel and took it back to your brewery and let it ferment, it would taste terrible. There's a 99% chance it would be bad because every that, that's the thing people don't understand is by we putting out these jars, we're putting out 50, 100 at a time, we get one, two, three that are good. You put a beer in a cool ship and do the same thing, you're going to get one, two, three batches out of 100 that are good. But they're getting success rates that are way higher than that. And it's not because of the cool ship. It's because of the barrels. The barrels are established. Cantillon's been around for over 100 years. They've had time where it goes in the cool ship, it goes into the barrels, and then they get rid of bad barrels and they continue to propagate good ones. Now, are you adding new bacteria with the cool ship? Yes, of course. Is it having a large impact in a short amount of time? No, definitely not. Over a long period of time? Sure. But... The point is, it's not the cool ship that makes the beer good. It's the cultures that Cantillon has cultivated in their barrels that make it good. And we just skipped a lot of the process of dumping and wasting a lot of barrels by going out and collecting it in many barrels, also called jars. (laughs) You're spontaneously fermenting in jars? (laughs) Well, imagine that. Spontaneously fermented in jars? Who would have thought things possible? Without a cool ship? Yeah. It's possible, and we've That's done what it. I do when I make mushroom cultures in jars. It's the same damn thing. What about making sourdough? It's the same thing. Yeah. You mix hot water with some flour, and you let it sit out overnight. Boom, spontaneous sourdough. Because it comes, did it go into a cool ship? No. Would anyone debate that it's not spontaneous? Because it is. So it's just ridiculous, this whole thing. It's just, it's something we fight constantly, and we have been for four years. This dogma of, this is the way it's always been, so this is the right way. No, 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 no. Change doesn't happen that way. You're wrong. Tradition is an idiot thing, and you're stupid. <laughs> Think about this stuff for a damn second. Think about the science behind it. It's 2018, damn it. Like, think about why biologically that works and why the process is, is what it I is. Need, I need Brett with me when I get in these arguments on the show with people and they look at me and like, you don't make beer, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's the most asinine should just call thing. Brett and put him on. <laughs> anyway, long story short, uh, all but one of these beers is spontaneous. Which one is not? Uh, the wine poach pear. Okay. Um, so... Roll through the flavors here, so I don't have to pull up my note. We have the uh, cranberry. So, yeah, so cranberry is turning from last year, so it was uh, cranberry chutney, okay, um, which is uh, cranberry with uh, spices and um, orange zest. Um, there will also be uh, shaved asparagus salad, which is <laughs> of course, which is um, asparagus, black pepper, lemon peel, and I think a, a touch of garlic. That's course one, um, and then braised carrot soup. Right. Which is uh, carrots and ginger, brulee carrots and ginger and uh, also some lemon peel. Carrot a little beer. bit of salt. Okay, got yeah. that. Of course, too. Um, and then uh, cranberry is to be paired with uh, a autumnal roast, which is um, uh, like mirepoix. So uh, carrots, celery, and onion that would cook sous vide with uh, a like miso woodier mushroom broth so you got your savory with your cranberry sauce for course three um and then uh for dessert is uh cherry pie and coffee which is the one that i think i'm the most excited about (laughs) 
Oh, well, also, and, which is course five, and course four is the palate cleanser, which is the oh, wine, I'm sorry, which yeah, is the I wine poached pear. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, so, the beers themselves are are forming a meal, or is there a whole? You know, this is for. It, it's a two part thing, right? You have a, a a food event that's happening, and then you also have the beer release that's happening, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. They hope uh, I believe they're happening at the same time. Or I know, I know for sure you can buy bottles at the the, the food event, right? And there um, will be a free bottle release as well if you don't want to buy tickets. Right. To yeah, the event. absolutely, right. absolutely. Um, but the uh, the food the food event I'm I'm really looking forward to, forward to. It's called um, Bon Vivant Northside. Um, so uh, there are six or seven different restaurants who are all located in Northside um, who have picked one of the beers and have made a small bites dish that pairs with the beer. Um, and uh, you, if you if you buy a ticket, you'll be free to walk around, talk to the chefs, and um, try try all the food and all the beer together. And this is there. I assume there's a limited number of tickets, though, yeah. right? Or uh, we can fit like 500 people upstairs, so it's un. Uh, so there are probably still tickets available when people we'll, are listening to this in the future. Absolutely, possibly. we'll, we'll yes. cap it if we have to, but we're we're expecting a couple hundred. So it's going to be a good showing. You're going to be able to try all the beers for 25 dollars and all the food. For 50 dollars, you can get unlimited beer and unlimited food. So if you really want to go ham, uh, you know you can just buy 50 bucks and you can do it all, and then you don't even need to buy. The, the beers at all but but you do get an option if you're at the 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 bon vivant event yes. to buy the bottles there and not have to go then stand with Absolutely. all of the yeah normal yep. people there's also <laughs> three alec- nobody that's buying these bottles are normal by the way <laughs> no they're all wonderful people who love beer envelope pushing beer uh there's also three a la carte beers uh yeah the so, cranberry chutney which you already mentioned yeah um Cherry pie and coffee a la mode. So it's that more plus vanilla. a bunch of vanilla. Okay. Uh, Which I think we one? have the a la mode right there. Uh, well, we have like a version of the a la mode. I don't think it's it's I don't think it's the one that made it into the final package, but it's uh, like a. We oh, should we should put that idea. in our faces. Yeah, let's do that. And then the last one, while Josh is pouring that up, is. Pachycephalosaurus, which is oh, yeah. another newest release in our dinosaur series Speaking of beers. Of Jurassic Park. Yeah. And it, basically, beers that fall in line with the having a dinosaur on the label, uh, they're all spontaneously fermented beers with at least five pounds per gallon of fruit or more. And Pachycephalosaurus had 7.1 pounds per gallon of blackberries. Marion berries. 7.1. Excuse me. Yes, Marion berries. Uh, it is insanely jammy, super tannic, so dry, and just so wonderful of a beer. I am so excited for Pachycephalosaurus. Um, and really just this whole series is, is, is been a brainchild of Josh's from the get go. And it's been cool to see how it's evolved. Uh, I don't know if anyone's super familiar with urban artifact and what we do, but, um, I would hope so. He, he, Josh is the brainchild behind kind of the more outlandish things we do, like the Halloween beers and <laughs> all of the Epicurean beers. <laughs> so, so can I ask, when is the event again? Great question, Betty. Thank you for I'm asking. I'm like, maybe I need to go. The the, yeah, this is, is right great. up your uh, your alley. I think you've been banned. It's the night before <laughs> Thanksgiving, so it's Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, 
we figured that's a fun night to go out. Most people are coming back in town. It's a good bring your friends and family and, uh, you know, try a bunch of great food and uh, really great beer. What does it start? Is I think it, we could probably get you a ticket, Betty. 7 p.m. on the 21st of November yes. 2018. <laughs> 2018. So if you're listening 100 years in the future, get online. And I'm sure there's lots of people talking about it that you can pull up in some kind of archive. All right. Who, so who knows what the whole future holds? <laughs> who knows? Hopefully we're not talking anymore at that point. <laughs> we, we might be. Hopefully are humans are, are gone. Good. Hopefully we're gone. I still want to talk to you guys. In a hundred years? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so remind me again everything that's in this. Uh, so this is uh, our dark sour base beer. Okay. Um, spontaneously fermented. And then, um, oh, like four, five and a half pounds of Montmorency cherries per gallon. And then cold brew coffee from Deeper Roots. Uh, it's their espresso blend. Uh, which was really, really, really great for for this, um, and then um, vanilla. It's just, it's got like a really great smoky kind of thing going on in the in the aroma for me. Uh, yeah, I think that's the coffee that that espresso coffee roast coffee. Yeah. We really pushed it. We we tried a couple different coffees, and one thing we've really been learning is that the oh, holy hell, that's good. The single the single or the uh, the light roast coffees that Deeper Roots is known for are really fruity and acidic and the the problem we've been seeing with customers is that fruity and acidic beer for us plus fruity and acidic coffee is too much of a mind fuck in that like this doesn't taste like roasty bitter coffee this just tastes like it smells like coffee and tastes like fruit beer uh and so what we found is that when we push roastier coffee i.e an espresso roast it's uh it's really been helping a lot with with uh, wrapping people's minds around what's going on here. This, it reminds me of, and I know you guys have had coffee and donut variants of, of some beers, but this, that's what this reminds me of is one of those donuts that's got the fruit injected up inside of it with a cup of coffee. It's, it's fantastic. I'll take I, that. Yeah. I like this. Thanks. I like it a lot. <laughs> I just don't know what it reminds me of. It kind of Twin think Peaks? it's its own. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a it's a like a really mild nod at uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah, I'm I'm digging this. Yeah, Josh and 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 newly brewer Nick, newly year old now. He's one year old. Uh, he, I don't know that he could brew beer. You guys so hire children? Oh, I don't think he can brew beer either. Flavorist, flavorist <laughs> Nick. Yeah. Uh, they they really spent so much time on these recipes. It it really. It's a lot of fun to be tangentially related and not have to do all the work of brulee 80 pounds of carrots, <laughs> uh, but getting to taste these results because the, they really have done a fantastic job. How does how does that process happen for you guys where you get an idea for something and turn it into this? Is it Does it start with, with food and you say, I want to turn this into a beer? Does it start with a beer and you're like, you know what this would taste really good with is carrots? How does that? <laughs> I, I guess that it really depends on, on what thing you're asking about specifically so let's talk about this beer um this one was pretty easy i mean this was a gimme this was just like we needed a dessert for the for the for the beer for this thing what would work and uh there there was one that like first things that came to mind that'd be easy to execute and um 
like is within our wheelhouse, like stuff we've already done before. So with this, I guess we can call it a, a series, this this uh, Epicurean release group, um, where they all kind of started that way, where it was like, we need to come up with some foods that... No, we were just kind of like bored and fucking around one day and like talking. <laughs> June. Yeah, yeah, we were, we were kind of like, actually a couple of years ago, we were, we were kind of talked through an idea like, oh, wouldn't this be a cool thing to do? And then like... Putting out successively weirder and weirder beers it became like, well, we're now at a place where we can actually pull this off and people aren't going to like turn their noses up to it immediately. So does it does it make you happy to see that you can put out because you guys released this list, I think, today, right on, on social media. And I, I didn't see a lot of people being like, oh, my God, those are so strange. That's that's a bunch of weird beers. Does it make you happy that people are kind of. It's normalized now that they kind of expect that from you guys, or is it more rewarding? You know, when you did the the first Epicurean, where it was a bunch of mushroom beers, people were like mushroom beers don't make sense. That does that's weird. The, the main reason we did the mushroom beers is because Betty, she basically was like, "You guys like to do weird stuff, and you did earthy <laughs> beers, and I got a bunch of mushrooms. You want to do this?" <laughs> and it came out so great. We were like, "We need to do that again." And then uh, this past year, we couldn't get any mushrooms from you, but. Uh, uh, that that kind of was one of the original spawning points for this whole thing. But is, is Thanks, it, Betty. <laughs> is it is it more or less rewarding now that people kind of expect this level of kind of st- stuff from releases from you guys? I, I guess that I, I, you know, when you guys do that, the Halloween mix twelve pack, people people laugh and they they smile and they giggle, but they it, it's not it's not shocking, it's not surprising, it's not. That bar, I guess, has gotten set pretty pretty high for you guys. Of what? It's. I mean, it's. It is. It is certainly rewarding. It is certainly rewarding that that people are willing to trust us enough to take a chance on something that. Ooh, the. I mean, I've never heard of. Um, but I. I would say it's. It's probably. Re- but I mean, they're both rewarding, but in different ways. Or they're both like I don't really like one over the other necessarily. Um, what I like about the fact that the bar has been raised is the fact that the bar has been raised. And now, uh, if people will come and enjoy um, carrot or asparagus beer, what <laughs> what what else is on the table? So does that does that give you some kind of desire to to push people even further? And I'm like, not the bones. <laughs> I- Oh, Betty, it's on the calendar for next year. It's uh, coming. I, I, every, every, well, you know, the, these last two times that you've done the Halloween releases, I'm terrified when I pick up every single can that it's going to taste like blood and it's going to pour like this thick, viscous, bloody. Ooh, thank <laughs> you. Should we get some guar gum and like really make this blood thing happen next year? Yeah. At least in sensation? Well, yeah. And it, it, we've kind of talked about like there, 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 there's certainly a, uh, trick to to the halloween beers because like the first couple years we we can get away with just weird flavors but i feel like it, it, it's got to take building up more and more trust to be able to get away with weird textures or well you guys you guys have pushed the boundary a, a little bit on some flavors there's definitely a couple mm-hmm. this year that you smelled them and it kind of took you a second color i think you guys are really great at, at throwing out some strange color. i think last year the the grayish 
colored beer was absolutely brilliant. The, uh, were you allowed to say what the flavor was last yeah, year? Sure. The, the, the black licorice one yeah. was one of my favorite beers. I, you know, and I think that was supposed to be a trick. Yeah, it was. It was. It was fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> and you know that that grayish color kind of it pushes some of those boundaries. But um, is there that desire to, to just keep kind of pushing that thing? Do you want people to always kind of? At the end of the day, I still want people. Like, what are you doing? What, I want, like, at the end of the day, I want to. Like, I want people to buy beer that, even though it may not be like a flavor they pick, it is. They can still be like, well, okay, still I can still drink it. Like, it's still like it still tastes good. Like, I want I want technical proficiency with the weirdness. Otherwise, weirdness is just unchained, and it really doesn't matter. Well, vomit can, flavor, no one wants. I can, but at least someone can talk themselves into drinking. Mouthwash. Booger? Yeah. Boogers. Boogers, boogers might be like tough. Those gummy? little jelly beans that have the... <laughs> Birdie Bops ever flavor beans? There is, yeah, there is something about being able to have a small little bit of something and then you're done with it. When you've got a 12-ounce 12 12, 12 ounce can sitting in front of you, if you're not sharing it with a large group of people where you can just have a small sample... You look at it and like drink it and you're like this is terrible and then you're like, but it's all right and then you drink some more and you're like I I can't do this and then you kind of force yourself <laughs> to keep going in to twelve ounces of it. That's <laughs> and that's, that's like, like and like you said on your your the article you wrote about it like the the, the whole point is to do it with friends right it's so like uh so I mean it, we try I mean try to design around that right yeah you nailed it there. Um, it's, it, I think it's one of, one of the most fun things that somebody is doing around Cincinnati. It doesn't, again, it doesn't, in a lot of ways, it doesn't make sense. In a lot of ways, it makes perfect sense too. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I just, I think it's, I think it's fun. For us, it's really neat to just, sh- hopefully people are taking away from this, like, it doesn't take a lot to make a beer that just tastes like cookie dough. <laughs> but it's real hard to make a beer from all natural, all real ingredients that tastes like sh- shaved asparagus salad, and it's something delicious, and you want to drink it. Yeah, it's easy to throw flavor at something, so, and that's what we're trying to highlight. Is all of the, to get it to work when it's real ingredient. Yes, all like, of the Halloween beers are basically are. the same beer, right? Yeah, they're all bewater. The same fest. beer, just it's all bewater flavors. It's not even sour. Yeah, so we no. add acid and everything. Yeah, That's it's awesome. it's fake from the top to the bottom. <laughs> I, I love it. It's not hard to make <laughs> things taste like things when you just open a vial and dump it in. Yeah, I mean that's uh, like I do too. And that's kind of like it, it was. It was kind of like, oh, do you think do you think people will like it if we do this? Do you think people will buy it if we try this? What do you think people? How, like, how do you think people react? That's kind of how. That's that's really what it came from. What what are the reactions? Like I know, I know how I feel about it and how I've kind of reacted to it. But overall, is that kind? Of, are people? Do people get excited about it? Do people come in and be like, "Come on, guys, can't you just make us something?" Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it was like one of the most emotionally gratifying things I've experienced um, as a brewer was like seeing people last year, uh, two thousand seventeen, open those beers with with friends and like pour them out and look at them or. Uh, smell them and nobody being able to really identify what it is. Well, yeah, and, we and, we struggled with a couple of them. Yeah, and, yeah, and like like tentatively taste them and and like the the kind of fun like it like it really reminded me of like um like like kids trick or treating. So like I, I mean yeah yeah it's 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 a really good experience for um for for people who are like like willing to buy into it and and 
enjoy it for what it is. I think as adults, we forget some of those sides of what Halloween was as a kid. You know, you you came back at the at the end of the night and you dump all your candy out on the floor and you're sorting through it and you pick up. I don't know what this is, and you kind of open it up and you take a little bite of it and maybe it's nasty, so you make somebody else try it and then they're passing over something. Oh, oh I love that and well, I hate that, and then you're trading candy around. Like it's it it really does. Like it, it, it personifies the holiday perfectly in so many different ways. I, I love it. Thanks. Spent a lot um, of time uh, designing that. Thank you. Um, I, and I know we talked about this just a tiny bit, I think, before we started the show, would love to see something similar incorporated at Christmas time with some of the Christmas beers. Um, because you guys are Christmas beer nuts here. Uh, <laughs> I am, at least. I know Josh is not a huge fan of the Christmas beers. They're bad. Uh, Easter. Easter might be a good time for the bones. <laughs> That's a great idea. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, like, what, what makes that work so well for uh, Halloween is the fact that, like, we're putting on a cultural costume by using all those flavorings and colors. So, it's it's it would be... It, it's, Don't it's, we do that a little bit at Christmas time too? No, no, actually, like that's where like pickle comes out of Christmas. The the, the whole pickle beer came out of Chris, a joke and Christmas. Christmas, yeah. The, the the tradition of a pickle and a Christmas tree, yeah, um, is something that I've been familiar with since I was a kid. Didn't know until I was an adult that it is not really a German tradition. It is something that was created in the United States as a faux German tradition. That's that's wearing a cultural costume. If I don't, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, there how many how many people surround us that are not religious people that celebrate Christmas? Like it's no big deal. You know how many? Yeah. You know, Santa in general is this cultural. Anyway, I think it's I think it's very similar to Halloween in a lot of we'll, ways. We'll be doing a ho- a holiday season winter season thing in 2019. I can't tell you what it looks like yet. I can't tell you how it's going to be. I really can't tell you anything because I don't know. All I know is that I want to do it because I love them. I love holiday beers. I lo- I just love everything about it. It's it's just the family and the memories and just all the stuff comes back and it's just great. I buy cases of Christmas beer from Great Lakes every year because I just, all that stuff just speaks to me. And arguably, like, you know, the beer is just, just a spiced beer, kind of just like potpourri, but like everything about it just, it just makes me feel good. Um, and I just like to share that feeling through Christmas beers, whether people like them or not, but I don't really care. <laughs> so uh, we're not going to do anything like the Halloween beer, like for the reason Josh says. It's right. not that we're not going to replicate that. We're not going to do that again. We're not going to beat this thing over to death because then it takes away from the authenticity that is the Halloween event. It's going to be its own thing. And we just don't know what its own thing looks like yet. I need time to ruminate and brainstorm. And something will come to us. Honestly, if it doesn't, we'll scrap it and we just won't do it. And it's just not time. Maybe it's 2020. But I really wanted to make it happen in 2019. Right. Uh, yeah. What did you just pour in our glasses? Oh, this is cranberry? Yeah. This is the cranberry, uh, cranberry sauce inspired cranberry uh, epicurean beer uh, that pairs is supposed to be paired with the autumnal roast beer, which is then supposed to be paired with a course three main course meal dish. So double beers, single dish. Um, mix them. I don't care. Mix it all together. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> just grind up some pork chop, throw in this, throw in the autumnal rust and just make a smoothie. Uh, meat smoothie. Get the freeze that first. Like you do fruit? Oh, I don't know. 
I don't think so. Do you have to freeze meat before you chop it up? <laughs> Specifically I'm, in a beer context? Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm a vegetarian. I don't know. I don't chop meat in a blender very often. Yeah, I don't think I've ever blended meat before. I, not that I can remember, at least. Well, how do you make your meat smoothies? <laughs> um, I, I, I buy them at the store. <laughs> I buy them. I buy them smoothie king or whatever in patty fried form at McDonald's. They're called nuggets. Or maybe like how do people make pate or something? Oh, good point. The livers and I don't know. Pate is so good. It makes my gout flare up so bad, but I love it. I don't. I don't actually have gout (laughs) (laughs) yet. (laughs) Um, this is really great. It. I, I'm not a uh, a cranberry fan. That's one of those things that I do not eat off of the table at Thanksgiving. But this is good. This um, has and it's got a funkiness to it that I think, um, and it's probably because we eat our cranberry sauce out of a can and just <laughs> right onto a plate. <laughs> there is, uh, you know, no real flavor to it, and this um, this has a lot. I like it. Okay. Anybody else? <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah. I feel talked out about the Epicurean. I'm ready for the next <laughs> thing. Um, well, we can do another thing. Yeah, let's there's, do it. There's a uh, a game that we like to play on the show, and by say by, by saying we like to play, we've done it once. Yeah, let's. And it was pretty fun. I so want to do that, and then maybe we can move on to the third thing in respect of these two people's times. Absolutely. Great. I'm so excited for this game. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Sip, Slam, Dump. It's your favorite uh, your favorite game show that you have never heard before. <laughs> I think Brad is the only one that has heard about this, clearly, by the confused faces at the table. So this is a game... <laughs> I can't do it with him sitting in front of me. This is a game. You are going to be given three... Typically, it's three beers. It could be three beer styles. It could be three beer ingredients. It's three things. You have to choose one that you want to sip and savor and enjoy. One of them, you slam. You just get it, get it down. It's the 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 the, the trick and the trick or treat twelve pack. You just get it away from you. And then the last <laughs> one is, I guess, would also be the. Uh, so what do you the dump tricks. then? That's that's also <laughs> the dump. I guess <laughs> it's a terrible. <laughs> Brett, describe the game for me. Basically, it's, oh my god, I'm already so bored. Just get through the game. Just pick one that you want to just chug as fast as possible, one that you want to savor, and one that you just hate. You cannot handle. Um, I will give you uh, a couple categories that you can choose from, and we're going to go with Brett first on this one. You can choose three specific beers that you guys have made here. You can do three beer, uh, three ingredients from beers that you guys tend to use a lot here at Urban Artifact. Or you can go with three different yeasts. I thought that was fitting for you guys. Three yeasts that uh, you have to choose from. Betty, would you like to start? You're the guest. You should get pick of the three. Well, it's, you weren't listening, were you? I heard. I think she's confused by the music. ingredients and yeast, right? Tell us yes. which ones of ours you hate. I would do ingredients. 
<laughs> I didn't exactly plan these out with Betty in mind. These are very urban <laughs> artifact choices. Oh, 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 oh. So, so no, you have better. the choices. Oh, I, yeah, I, no, I plan. Okay. Yeah, I plan okay. these out. Okay. Okay. I can start with that. We're going to spring one yeah, on him. I can then do after. this. I can do this a different way, though. I can give you three uh, Fibonacci beers, and you have to choose between those. Can we choose the Fibonacci beers, and Betty has to choose the urban artifact beers? I'm interested to hear what Andrew what Andrew picked. Um, why don't Why don't each of us pick a Fibonacci beer and give it to Betty, and she has to choose between those three? Oh, I like that idea. Okay, Josh, you get to go first. A uh, Toll House. That's an easy one. We know what she's going to do with that. Oh, wait, what? What's you picked adjuncts, though, didn't you? No, we, I I vetoed her choice. She gets the <laughs> Fibonacci beers. Oh. You should, okay. You should probably just re-explain the game again. That's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna go Toll House Caps. I'll do Toll House Rubia. My God. You have to sip one, slam one, and dump one down the drain. Do you guys make other beers besides Toll House? Yes. No, that's it. They are, <laughs> they are the only stout brewery in Cincinnati. That would be oh my God, that's the best um, beer. We no. all know that's sip and slam. I would sip the Rubia coffee. Slam the stout, dump the caps. Mm. The caps is too hot for me. It is. Yeah, it it's um, it's really good when you blend it with the regular one, though. <laughs> that uh, that's I mean, it says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very hot, and I'm not a hot beer fan. Typically, I like the caps. No, you- who who wants to go next? Uh, Brett wants to go next. Yeah, I'll go. Do you want beers styles? Or, sorry, beers, yeasts, or ingredients. I think I'm going to have to go beers. I think ingredients is going to be fun to hear from Josh, and I think That's... yeast is too easy. We'll see. I don't know. Okay. We don't, I don't know what your yeast choices are. but They're not very creative because I don't really know a lot of yeast. It was just <laughs> the three yeasts I know. <laughs> um, all right, so beers. These are three urban artifact beers that this city loves. Maze, Cauldron, <laughs> Milkman. I like Maze. Milkman. <laughs> Sip, slam, and dump Milkman down my throat. Milkman's best beer of 2017. If we made it this year, it would have been the best beer of 2018, too. These three beers are all Gozas from your seasonal Goza rotation. Chariot. The delicious cherry uh, some, summer, right? Yeah, summer. Fall. It's, uh, is it fall? Yeah, I guess it it's comes fall. out at the end of summer. Um, yeah, I guess key punch would be a, a summer one, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll throw key punch on there. Mm. Um, the city's gonna be mad if you dump that one down the drain. And then the last one, pickle. <sighs> I mean, pickle and key punch. Okay, based on just personal preference alone, I'm gonna have to go. Chariot's my favorite of the, all that goes as we do, which is. Just really disheartening with the strategic decisions we have coming out for 2019. But I'm going sip, chair hit. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to slam. Do it. Do it. <laughs> uh, on a personal level, I'm going to slam, key punch, and dump pickle. Oh, pickle. That's not what I, was I know. I you know. don't like pickles, right? Nah, they're okay. They're okay. okay. Yeah. Pickles, uh, okay beer. No, but like pickles to eat. Oh, they're, they're okay. I don't like to eat them. He's like cucumbers. Yeah, I don't like cucumbers. Being cats have one thing in common. <laughs> cats don't like cucumbers? No, they like themselves. I, I didn't know that. 
All right, Josh, are you ready? I also defecate boxes. <laughs> I'm familiar with that thing that cats do. Is that a sex and thing? And does it, too. I don't know why you do it, but I wish you'd stop. <laughs> three three ingredients that I thought we, I'd trick him. Big human-sized poop in a cat see. litter box. What's this doing here? Oh, my God. Is Olive okay? I don't know if he's joking. <laughs> cherries, vanilla, peaches. What kind of cherries? Uh, the that really matters. Montmorency. Is that the ones that were used in this one? Uh, yeah. Um, I want to get rid Oh, like what peaches. Kind of do you mean like fresh peaches? Fresh peaches, yes. Fresh off the tree. Delicious. They're awesome. Nice and <laughs> delicious. The best peaches. I mean, I like, I mean, I like all of those. You didn't really give me any easy ones. That's to, like, the whole point of, of it. That you, you're supposed to try to find things that are not easy. Yeah, Josh. Welcome to the game. Did but, you like, create this game? They did. No, I just... <laughs> I just heard Gnome talking about it last episode, and I was so excited about it. I thought you created it, and he stole it from you. Yeah, that's, that's what happened. Hundred percent, what happened? <laughs> um, I guess sip peaches, slam Montmorency cherries, and dump vanilla. You're dumping vanilla. That's a surprising pick. <laughs> I got one for you, Gnome. Okay, all right. Sip, slam, dump. Psychopathy? Truth? Oh, this is not fair. Revamp. Um, all right. <laughs> Sip, oh, wasn't it supposed to be easy? Slamming and dumping. Psychopathy, truth, revamp? Oh, yeah. I might need to try them all next to each other. I think, all right, so I think that I am, I'm going to be sipping psychopathy, I'm slamming revamp, and I am dumping truth. Oh, Ask me in an hour, and it'll probably be a different answer. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting oh. choices. You heard it here first on Sip, Slam, and Dump. <laughs> Urban Artifact hates vanilla, and pickles, um, cats are afraid of them or something. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, I, I think I think that's, uh, that's about it for this show, guys. <laughs> um, what did we learn today? Um, we learned that um, there are more than one kind of cherry, which I did not know. I just picked the one that was uh, listed the most recently that I read. Um, peaches. Yes, you learned peaches, that. Yes. <laughs> peaches, uh, I think, are better fresh off a tree. What uh, did you learn guys. earlier in the show? Like what? what I learn like further show? back than the last five minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned that uh, both of these beers that I tried were amazing. Um, oh, get, es- get bent. Especially, just, especially just, the coffee. Uh, I liked that one a lot. Barrels versus. Huh? Barrels versus. Oh, uh, yeah. The, you don't need a cool ship. I learned that a long time ago. <laughs> it's just been uh, the bane of my existence this year of fighting for the uh, the rights of beers made anywhere. You learned that we're having an event on November 21st. On, like, Wednesday. The Wednesday before Wednesday. Thanksgiving. Yeah. This Wednesday. Yeah. In this the future, Wednesday. this, this Wednesday, night or yes, it is twenty-five dollars. Uh, gets you a taste of every single food and a pairing of with every single beer, and fifty dollars gets you literally unlimited every beer, every food, That's literally unlimited pricing. for spontaneous sour beers for yeah. fifty bucks, and you could literally drink three gallons if you wanted. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a great deal. Um, Uber home guys, do not drink that much of this beer. Or Lyft, if you home. value CEOs that value empl- female uh, employees. Uber has become the Kleenex of ride sharing or whatever the uh, the term is. Um, 
because lift, you get a lift. Like it doesn't, it's not a good, it's not a good word. Get a lift, lift two, lift one to life. I'm confused <laughs> oh, by what's oh, going on. we're not on. opening that can of worms. That's, that's it today for, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be back next week to uh, apologize to everyone that. <laughs> uh, oh, I've got a whole lot of, I could, I could, oh yeah. God. Well. Um, guys, thank you very much. Anybody who is curious about the event that's happening this Wednesday, um, go back to uh, com. I've got a full post probably written about it hopefully by then. Um, it's like half done right now in the past when we're doing this. So Wrap it up. Hopefully it's done by then. <laughs> Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.